I think one of the most important things is that I've learned to appreciate and be happy with what I get. Like embracing the unexpectancies of life and making the most out of them, looking for the opportunities in them and truly valuing what matters the most. Hello everyone and welcome to the ISA Journal, a space where I want to document and share different thoughts, different experiences and different lessons that I believe that can help us to grow as individuals and explore our potential. My name is Isabella Ines and as the title of this podcast says, I'm an international student athlete currently living here in Canada. I want to thank you for tuning in today and let's dive into this episode. Oh boy, do I feel nervous. I don't even know why because there's nobody around me, but well, I felt caught to doing this since a long, long time ago. Now, I've been trying to get myself to get started for the longest, but I've been always come up with excuses, with letting my fears, my insecurities, my self-doubts to be reasons for me not to get started and delay it. But today, I said, you know what? That's enough. Like, what am I truly waiting for? Why haven't I started this podcast that I felt called to doing since a long time ago? And honestly, there was no answer. There was absolutely no answer. So I said... Today, I actually have the opportunity to start. So I will take it. I will give it a chance and see what comes. And worst case scenario, I don't like what I what ends up being this recording and I don't publish it. But um, I said that I had to take the risk and really get out of my comfort zone. So here we are and the first episode of this new adventure for me. I've also felt like kind of like the need to have a space to drain my own emotions, my thoughts, and gain insight from other people. So... Um, this is what this podcast is going to be really all about, having that space to do so. And especially going through the season that I'm going through right now, I think it, it will be very, very beneficial. So I thought the best way to start it is by sharing a little bit of who I am and, and, and a bit of my journey. Chances are, if you're listening to this, you might know a bit of my story. You might be part of it, actually. Um, but there are some of you that might not know me or, well, you'll just get the chance to then get to know me a little better. I truly believe that our stories have so much power. Like they impact not not only the people around us, but but they explain how we've come to be who we are today. And that's why I consider them so valuable. Like when I meet people, that's the kind of question that I ask. Like, where are you from? Like, what has gotten you here? And just so I can start to put pieces together and see how they have come to be who they are today. And I do, I find that so fascinating. I don't, I don't know why. So here we go. I won't delay this too much. We'll dive into a summary of who Isabella is. So my name is Isabella Inez. I'm 20 years old. I'm a proud Venezuelan, born and raised, and I'm a first-year student athlete in the University of Windsor in Windsor, Canada. I grew up in a small city called Puerto Ordaz in Venezuela. It's located at the southeast of our country. So for those of you Disney lovers out there, to give you kind of like a sense of where that is, um, if you have watched the movie Up uh, and you remember the Angel Falls, well, that city is located in the same state that the Angel Falls are. So it's a, it's a very nice place with wonderful, wonderful weather. So I'm the youngest of two and I was blessed to be raised by both of my parents. And as a little girl, I was very active. I was very jumpy. I was also very athletic. Like since since I have memory, I have loved outdoors. I love to play with my neighbors and, and ride my bikes. That, that was my childhood, just playing outside and really enjoying up outdoors, especially with the weather back home. I mean, 
either we had two seasons, the rainy season and the dry season. And either or, you can you can have fun. Like, if you didn't take a shower under rain when you were little, you just had no childhood back home. It, it's just amazing. So I think that's what naturally got me into sports. During my childhood, I tried many different disciplines. I, I swam for a little while. I played tennis, gymnastics, karate, you name it. I, I got to taste a lot of sports. But really nothing stuck to me like basketball did. I came across basketball when I was around six years old. And from the moment I grabbed a ball and I bounced it around, I just I just felt like it was home. Like I like to call it nowadays my dance floor. The place where I didn't care about people around me. I didn't care about what others said or or think or, or thought, sorry. I just I just felt like I could be my true self without caring about anything else. So that helped me to have a lot of determination and pursue big dreams with basketball since very early on in my life. Um, as many other kids from, from other countries, I started to dream about, you know, the American dream and getting to play at the highest of levels in the WNBA in my case, since I was like, I don't know, nine or 10. And I really started to take basketball seriously when I was like 12 years old. I started to see it as more than just a sport in my life. Like I started to see it as opportunities and I'll walk you through that. So I attended school as a normal kid. I hang out with others. I spend time with my family. We traveled when possible and, and I play basketball. That's, that's basically what I did during my first childhood years and, and teen years. And, and well, going back to when I was like around 12, I saw some of the boys of my local club uh, receive scholarships to move to the U.S. and and, you know, continue their high school careers over there. They were high school kids. But at that point, just seeing that, they became an inspiration to me to also dream to do the same. So I was like, oh, if they could do it, why can't I? I think, I mean, they have demonstrated that it is possible. So I'll, I'll pursue that. I, I determined that year when I was 12 that I'll be the first get girl in my club to also accomplish that. And I would work as hard as I could until that dream became a reality. So I think God started to see that I had such desire because opportunities to, to get closer to that dream started to come. So that summer, um, when I was in between, I think grade seven and eight, I want to believe, or six and seven, uh, an American scout went to my club and dictated at summer camp. So bingo, I knew that was my golden ticket. I knew that was a very, very important opportunity. So I gave my, gave my very best through that camp and well, after it, he actually put me, uh, like, pulled me aside and talked to me. And my coach had talked to him about like my ambition or whatnot, my dedication to the sport. And he told me, you know, kid, you're very good. I, I really like what I saw out of you. And and I've heard that you you dream with moving to the United States. So I want to help you in making that come true. But right now you're too young. I I really can't do much for you. So please do me a favor and keep working very hard over these years. Keep learning English and working on, you know, your second language with that. And if by the time you're 15 and you're in grade nine and you're still playing, um, you still have that interest, please let me know. Contact me. Here's my contact card and I'll be happy to help you. Oh boy. I never, ever, ever forgot that. I actually grabbed that card that day and I put it in a transparent, like small box on top of my night table. So I would see it every day. And I would know what I was working towards. So that became my thing that early. I mean, and I'm so glad it actually did because it has translated to many other areas in my life now, nowadays. So, well, 
moving forward, over those years, I improved quite a lot. Uh, I played a lot locally, then I got to play nationally with my states, and then eventually I was blessed to get to represent my country at the international level in FIBA competitions. Like FIBA is the the international organization of, of basketball, the major body of basketball, okay? So I was able to build a solid resume over that time, and I also made sure that my dad always attended to my games and recorded all of my games, so I put together some highlight videos so I made sure I had, I had good content to, to reach out to this guy when the time would come. So I'm a late birthday girl. My birthday is in December. So I turned 15 in December of 2016. In January of 2017, I sent the scout an email. And I was like, hey, my name is Isabella. I really hope you remember me. I'm the little girl that, that you talked to in Venezuela a long time ago. I actually included a little picture just so he, he would make sure, just so I would make sure that he would remember me. And I told him, well, my dream's still the same. I, I, I didn't forget that you told me that you would help me. So I really hope you can help me right now. And to my surprise, he responded and he said, Oh, Isabella, of course I do remember you. For sure, I'll be happy to help you. I'm, I'm very happy to see what you have accomplished. So let me just get in contact with, with some coaches and, and we'll see what can happen. And that was around January. I just waited and waited and waited. And around March, a coach from a small school in Wichita, Kansas, reached out to me and offered me a scholarship to join their program. The school is Sunrise Christian Academy. And honestly, when that came around, I could not believe it at all. I couldn't. I mean, I was just 15 years old at that point, and I really did not think I was capable of achieving such thing. I was pursuing it, yes, but I didn't think it was quite possible until it happened. And I mean, even my mom doubted me at that point. I remember her, I remember I told her at the beginning of the year, I was like, Mom, I don't know how, but this year, 2016, 2017, sorry, we'll make it. We'll make it. Somehow we'll make it. And she was like, I mean, she never discouraged me, but she was like, yeah, okay, whatever. And she just kind of lapped it up. It, it was it was quite impressive. And for me, that opened my eyes to one of the biggest lessons that now I carry on in my life. And it's that dreams really have no age. Like we're capable of achieving our goals and our dreams as long as we have the determination and as Walt Disney says, the courage to pursue them. So um, going back to 2017, in May of that year, I participated on the FIBA U16 Women's Americas Championship in, in Buenos Aires in Argentina. And once I returned home from that, I had my visa appointment. My visa appointment was around June or July. By that time, just to give you a bit more of context, the number of visas denied for Venezuelans was ramping up because of the situation of the country. So really my future depended upon that appointment. I remember I was so, so scared, but I mean, we went in and after interview, the man told us, yeah, your visa has been approved. Leave your passport here. We'll, we'll send it back to your house after it. That day marked me in such a way. I, I stepped out of that office after the interview. I opened the door, looked up, and said, thank you, God. And that was the first time that I cried out of happiness. Like, I, I couldn't control myself. Like, it just tears came down my face. And that's why I remember it so clearly. It was such a life-changing moment for me. It was like, wow, we did it. Now we're really on to a new adventure. So yeah, to put it into perspective, in January of that year, I reached out to the, to the scout 
And in August, I was hopping on a plane to move to the United States. I moved to Sunrise on August 17th of 2017. And a few months later, my parents moved to Canada to look for better opportunities for themselves. Uh, Canada, because as I mentioned, I had I have an older brother who was already here and it was easier for them to have somebody here already and then find ways of staying. So I completed my grade 10 and 11 in Sunrise and over my time there, I learned a lot. So first, and I think is what I treasured the most now, I grew in my relationship with God. I'm a firm believer and, and I'm not shy with my faith. And over that time, I really came to to know why I believe what I believe and why do I think there is a God and how I also started to recognize how he provided in my life. And I mean, in my spiritual growth there is something that I wouldn't change for anything. And I also learned, I mean, the fact that I was alone there inevitably taught me that my my world is not just a ball. Like I, I will have responsibilities that will continue to grow as time passes. Like I realized that my, my clothes don't fold alone, like fold alone. I have to fold them, that I have to do laundry, that I have to follow rules, that my mom's not going to be around all the time to solve my problems. So that really helped me to grow in that sense, like personally. And that's why I value my time there so, so much. I also established very good relationships and, and, and friendships that I keep to this day. So definitely those were, were special years for me. However, since I landed there, I knew like my goal became to get recruited to play at the universal level. And I had set my mind and my eyes on division one and division one only as an international player. I mean, all you know is that that is the highest stage possible. So that's what I wanted to do to honor my country, to keep on proving myself and yeah, that became my drive, just the title of playing in Division One basketball. So if you know of high school basketball, you you might have heard of the Sunrise men men's basketball team. I mean, they're ranked nationally, I think top two in the nation right now. And and they're just amazing. They have put so many athletes in Division One schools. Uh, but the women's program is not at that level. Like the exposure that that team gets to Division One's basketball, at least when I was there, was minimal. And some of the girls that played with me didn't want to play at the next level. And mind you, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I love those girls to death. But it's just that when I reached my grade 11, then I started to feel that if I wanted to play Division One basketball, then I was not in the right place to reach my goal. So over my time there, I had met a couple of Canadian guys who knew that my parents were here in Ontario and whatnot. And they talked to me about OSBA and how basketball here for, for girls, like prep school basketball, it's, it's very good. And they have put a lot of athletes in, in Division One schools or whatnot. So they told me, you should, you should check it out if that's your goal. So, so I did. Um, and I also became aware of the importance of playing summer basketball. So over that time, my grade 11 at Sunrise, I started to contact various AAU teams here in Canada and some schools to see what were the chances of, of then me moving here and finishing my high school career here. Um, so opportunities eventually came and I decided to take a leap of faith. And then I moved here to Canada in May of 2019 for my grade 12. I was supposed to be part of the class of 2020. And that choice taught me a lot about making decisions, making big decisions in my life. Because yes, I had been looking for the new opportunities that were just presented to me. But when they were actually presented to me, I started to question them a lot. I was like, 
how do I know what's the right thing to do and what would make the biggest difference and and is it really worth it to restart at this point of my life? I mean, on one side, I was very comfortable at sunrise. I had just adjusted to living in a new community. I was just making new friends and I wanted to graduate with them. So my emotional side of things was telling me, I mean, you can stay here and you can still get to the next level because it wasn't that we were not getting an exposure. It's just it just wasn't exposure to division one schools. But on the other side, I knew that 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 was my desire, that basketball wise, that's what I wanted to do. So that was the first time that I took intentional time to reflect and it was reflection that allowed me to make my decision. So a major question became, what is actually getting me closer to my goal? And the answer to that was moving to Canada. And then the other major thing I did is, is reflecting over my time at sunrise like what have this two years been for me and the more i thought about it the more i felt like i thought i moved to sunrise just for basketball but in reality my growth over that period my major growth occurred outside the court so i started to perceive everything that was happening at that point as God's guidance in the sense that God brought me to sunrise or took me to sunrise so he can mold me and he can prepare me to what now he was opening and, and, and the opportunities that now he was giving me. So I saw those years preparation and now it was time for me to, you know, take that train that was coming my way and keep growing. That's how I perceive it. And that's what allowed me to say, you know what, let's go. So I landed here in Toronto, May 30th of 2019. And for the whole month of June, what I did was just training and getting to know people around. I mean, I didn't know anybody here in the community. So that's that's what I did over that month. And during that time, uh, during women's runs, I came across a coach that used to be at the University of Windsor. So we had a chat about my future and, and what what were my goals and my ambitions and stuff. And at the moment I told her, I mean, I, I want to move back to the U.S. I want to play in the U.S. I mean, financially and basketball wise, it's, it's what makes sense in my mind. And she was like, oh, but I, are you open to conversation with Canadian universities? I think that's also a, a good idea for you. And I was like, yes, I'm open to opportunities. I, I strongly believe that it's important to keep your options open always because you never know what, what life has. But that was my main focus. So I told her that and she was like, okay, I'll put you in contact with a coach that I think would really like you. And then she put me in contact with the head coach at the University of Windsor. July comes around and I was just ready to play. I mean, that is the prime time of recruiting and and I knew those tournaments were going to be crucial to achieving my goal. So I feel ready. I was so excited. And I actually knew there were going to be a couple of scouts there evaluating me because I had reached out to some universities before and I heard back from them. So that was a big, big stage for me. But well, life is life. And this is when I faced one of the biggest challenges in my life. During our first game, during the first minute I played, I tore my right ACL. At that point, I really broke down. I mean, I kept on asking God, like, why? And why now? I mean, I just moved here for basketball and because of basketball. And now I'm not going to be able to play my first and last summer basketball season and my senior season. Like, how is this making any sense? Like, like, what are you doing, God? That That's, that's what I kept on saying. But it was through that that I learned to 
just surrender the things that we can't control and really live in faith. I mean, the more I thought about it, the more I realized that that was nothing that God had not planned for me. So I truly believe that everything happens for a reason. And if he allowed that to happen, there was a good reason behind it. I just didn't see it at that moment. And there was actually indeed a very good reason for it. So I trust that and I kept moving forward. That gave me energy and I just felt inspired. You know what? Right now it only becomes about controlling what I can control and that's just my recovery. So I didn't have insurance at the moment, which also made the whole process a little bit more difficult. My parents had no clue of how to navigate the, the health system here in Canada. So that's why I focused on moving forward. And well, thankfully we were able to work things out and I had surgery in October of 2019. And the recovery became my thing from then on. February of 2020 comes and I still was in contact with the University of Windsor. They had actually heard about my injury and all the things that had happened, but they also got got a chance to talk to me a little bit and they 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 told me that because of my character and because of what they had heard from me and and my my career as well they truly believed that I would recover from that so they were still interested in in offering me a spot on their team which I felt blessed to to have you know to have that opportunity so in February of 2020 I decided to go there and and visit the school visit the school get to know the programs and all of that and once I returned from that, my high school coach had contacted the assistant coach at Brown University, and they were also interested in recruiting me. So they took me down to a visit literally a week before shutdown in March of 2020. So those two became the options that I had and that I was looking at for university. But there were time differences with them. And what I mean by that is that the offer I had for the University of Windsor was to enter right away after my graduation on the fall of 2020. But the offer I received from Brown University was to, to enter on the fall of 2021. So I had to take a, what, I, what it's called here a victory lap, a fifth year of high school, and fully recuperate my confidence, play on the court for a little while, and then go and be part of the class of 2021. I'll elaborate more on what truly matters when you're making your university decision as an athlete in another episode. But at the moment, I weighted my options and I decided to commit to Brown University. However, the commitment that we made at the moment was verbal only. I couldn't sign any documentation technically until November of 2020. So the commitment was verbal and sadly in May, the head coach of the program decided to step down, which meant that keeping the offer to float was up to the new coach. And to summarize it, the new coach talked to me and she was like, nothing against you, Isabella, but I don't want another point guard. So I basically lost the offer right away in May and was back to not knowing what I was gonna do for my future. Again, I felt like, oh my gosh, why again? Like what's going on? But I trust you, I know you're gonna provide, we'll keep moving forward. That's what I did. I took, I said, I, I have this year to figure things out. So we'll figure something out. October comes around and things were not looking good for a season. I mean, everything here in Canada stopped and we were pretty sure we were not going to have a season. And at that point, without a season, I was not going to be able to expose my game to other coaches and, and really get recruited because considering I was, I was recovering from an ACL, it was very hard for me to get recruited by anybody who wouldn't see me because just of the nature of the injury. So 
I, I talked to my coach and thankfully he was able to find some opportunities and, and things did start to come. But something inside of me kept on telling me to reach out again to the University of Windsor and again, and, and at least ask for advice with the coach because we ended up our relationship in very good terms. I was very honest throughout our recruiting process and I did respect her a lot. So I was like, you know what, I'll reach out again and I will at least ask for advice as to what to do moving forward. And throughout our conversation, she eventually mentioned, I don't know if you would consider going to the University of Windsor still and stuff. And honestly, when I visited the university, something that really stuck with me was the people that I met, the quality of people that I met. And by that point in time, I had understood that making your university decision goes beyond just playing at the highest level possible. That's just one of the things to consider. It's not even the most important thing to consider. So I told her, you know what, coach, if you open another opportunity for me, I truly enjoyed my time when I was there, so I would take it. And funny enough, this time she was able to find more scholarship money, and this time I was 100% sure of what I wanted to study. Because the previous year, I thought I was I wanted to study business and computer science. Don't even ask me why. But through my injury, I realized that I feel very passionate of giving back to people through sports. So that's what I want to keep on building. And it only makes sense that I would go in a field that is more related to that. So I decided to major on kinesiology. So we were able to work the paperwork out and I committed officially in December of 2020. And side note, if you haven't seen my commitment video of that, I'll leave it in the description of this podcast. Please go and check it out. It's a very, very special video for me. And yes, I joined the Lancer women's basketball team in the summer of 2021. And now after just playing a few games with them, I am facing another challenge that in all honesty, I'm still processing. So uh, we started our season in September, well, preseason in September and have been playing since October. And on February 3rd, during practice, and this is what hurts me the most, not even again, during practice, I tore my meniscus on my right knee, the same knee that I had torn my ACL before. So I had surgery on February 12th, and now I'm on my way of recovering. I'm just two, two weeks now after surgery. And in all honesty, this challenge hit me like super, super hard emotionally, but I have not lost my faith. My faith in God's plan for me really remains and that's what keeps me going. I don't know how yet, but I'm convinced and I know this will be good for me. So that leads up to today. And I mean, today I, I look at the bigger picture of things and beyond my current situation and everything. And I just feel that I'm leaving not my own dreams, but God's dreams for me, which are way much more of what I thought for myself at the beginning. I mean, yes, my dreams have been ambitious since the very beginning, like moving to the U.S. and and all involved in that. But I never thought that my family was going to be with me here in North America, living how we are right now and in a safe place and together. Like that is beyond what I thought. And, and it's more of a blessing that I treasure right now than anything before. And um, the connections that I've made along the way, I never even thought about that. The opportunities that I've had to invest in other people is something that I value so much because it has taught me about my true passion and the impact that my story has had on those around me. That is, 
it's invaluable. It's it really fills me up in a way that inspires me to keep going and keep pursuing even bigger things. And I think one of the most important things is that I've learned to appreciate and be happy with what I get. Like embracing the unexpectancies of life and making the most out of them, looking for the opportunities in them and truly valuing what matters the most in life. So now I fully understand and here's how I see things. I think God is the author of my story but I am the narrator. So I will keep on telling the story that he has for me as I live it. And I'm very excited to do so, to be honest. So today I came to tell you that your story is also very valuable and powerful. If you don't think so, I really want to invite you to take a moment to reflect over your life, at least the past years. Like, what have you gone through? Really ask yourself that. Put it in a journal and write it down. What have I gone through the past year? And what has brought you to where you are today? I can guarantee you if you're intentional on answering those questions, you'll realize that you have come a long way. In your own way, but a long way. And I have many friends that tell me that crappy saying of like, oh, my life is just simple, it's not as interesting or whatever. But let me tell you something. You were carefully created, unique, and different from everybody else in the world for a reason. That's not by accident. Think about it. Your fingerprint has no duplicate because your purpose is not fulfillable by anyone else but you. So never ever forget that or underestimate that. Whether you're a believer or not, God has a plan and a purpose for you. And being able to articulate that can be quite a challenge. So do not get down on yourself if, if that's the case for you. If that's the case, I would actually encourage you to, to go out and explore and experience different things around you and, and you'll eventually find it. So my last invitation to you would be embrace your journey and be a storyteller of it. You might be surprised of the impact that you can have. So I truly hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. And please share it with other people that you think that can benefit from this message or that would enjoy listening to it. And let me know if you like it. Like send me a DM. I would really appreciate some feedback. And, and yes, thank you so much for listening. And let's start growing through this new adventure together. I'll talk to you in the next entry. God bless. Bye-bye.